When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast, where we go to the many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunted gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and the Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about diseases. Nathan, what is a disease? It's, it's a thing that makes you sick. And feel very bad. Pretty much, yeah, close enough. Honestly, in terms of, like, the difference between, like, disease, illness, you know, that kind of stuff, I don't much care. In D&D, it's just termed as diseases, and I'm just going to stick with that for the sake of sanity. So, uh, what do you know about diseases in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons? kind of useless how so um a lot of them can just be cured with a simple restoration i think yeah less than restoration yeah yeah like it by rules as written it's real easy to get better like diseases is one of those topics that is you know homebrewed a lot in D and yeah in fifth edition particularly so Let's just go through the just rules as written aspects of disease, and then we can talk about, well, our thoughts and how we might do things differently. So, uh, starting off just from the Dungeon Master's Guide, uh, Chapter 8, Running in the Game, has got a section just on diseases. And honestly, it's, it's interesting to me that a lot of the rules for diseases are actually pretty neat. And the way that they're described is a lot of the time really neat. It's, this may come as a surprise, the math that just I myself has some issue with. So it really doesn't have a whole lot just in the Dungeon Master's Guide section. It just, you know, has some like descriptive lore kind of text, just like a plague ravages the kingdom, setting the adventurers on a quest to find a cure and just like that kind of stuff. It just kind of keeps going. And it even mentions that like a simple outbreak might amount to little more than a small drain on party resources, curable by a casting of lesser restoration. But and it does go on more, you know, just like a more complicated one might, you know, not work for that. But the problem is that just by rules as written, pretty much all diseases are just fine with lesser restoration. So that, as a quick refresher, lesser restoration is a second level spell, which means that for the most part, a third level character would be able to access it. So the thing is, though, it's on a lot of classes spell lists so it is available for bards clerics druids paladins rangers artificers 
um, Celestial Warlocks and Oath of Devotion. Well, I guess all Paladins, but both the Devotion ones get it specifically. But anyway, point being, a lot of just classed individuals potentially can learn Lesser Restoration. And Lesser Restoration, you touch a creature and end one disease or condition affecting it. Just flat out, no material component cost. They just get better, period. And that's diseases, folks. <laughs> like, honestly, that that's so, pretty... sounds perfectly balanced. Very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So either A, you have a high magic world where, you know, any town has dozens and dozens of people that can just prevent any like major diseases from existing. Or you have a lower magic world where your players might be okay by having a healer in the party, but then just the townsfolk around you are all fucked. Like, that's kind of the two main ways that that can go by rules as written. That, like, yeah, like, diseases exist, yada, yada, yada. But at least to the best of my knowledge, every single disease in any of the books that I have found I can't say that there isn't an adventure that I may not be as familiar with, but all of them are subject to lesser restoration by rules as written, which is dumb. If you have magic in your world, especially medium to high magic, I mean, fuck, even if you'd have one asshole in a low magic world, why would there not be some diseases that are themselves magical that are resistant to lesser restoration. I mean, for fuck's sake, there isn't even one that just makes it a roll. Lesser restoration just flat out ends it. It's not even a roll. Every single one that exists in all of the books that I can find. Hey, Remy, Remy, Remy. Rolling is hard, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's a few diseases that are listed you know they mention cackle fever sewer plague and sight rot which to be fair have fucking cool just like descriptions of effects and like the way that fifth edition has like fucked up diseases is really cool but again all of this is curable by a single second level spell so it's never anything that the party would generally have to worry about there's not even a just a disease that is just like oh okay you know it just requires a role of lesser restoration with like you know a dc you know 12 or 15 just something like even that level of resistance to at least make it a chance nope yeah like i'll be honest it's just not great game design, in my opinion, for this specific aspect. Like, if you have just, like, some terrible effect that, you know, has befallen a character and you're trying to just, you know, describe it, and then you just get interrupted by a player just saying, like, oh, wait a minute, I have restor lesser restoration. Like, it is worse than, you know, my prestidigitation when Nathan's trying to narrate. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's pretty true. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, like, okay, just to give an example, though, about just, like, rules as written disease. So, Cackle Fever is one of the described ones in the Dungeon Master's Guide. And 
there are some really neat aspects to it. So first off, this disease targets humanoids, although gnomes are strangely immune. While in the grips of this disease, victims frequently succumb to fits of mad laughter, giving the disease its common name and its morbid nickname, the Shrieks. Okay, that's actually pretty fucking cool. So first off, we establish immediately that, okay, you can have different races be affected by diseases differently, which makes sense because they are biologically distinct creatures. So, okay, so maybe you do have something where, you know, maybe, you know, humans are fine, but it's just like really bad for any like scaled creature. So like, you know, dragonborns or, you know, kobolds, depending on exactly how your world works. So like have different effects of a disease canonically established right here by mentioning that gnomes are immune to capital fever. So that is a good aspect to keep. Uh, how detailed you want to get with that, you know, your worlds may vary. But, you know, you, could you make a chart of which creatures are immune to which disease? Yeah. Do you need to? No. Did I... <clears throat> well, moving on. Yeah, um, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck he did. <laughs> like I, 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 I think I think the the, the like few in the future I'll never ever think okay Remy didn't do that I'll never do that again never <laughs> ever mean, no matter how incredulous I mean, the claim we we haven't come across many but there's gotta be something I didn't go overboard on I, I again I can't think of any but they they must exist. <laughs> No, 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 there's no such thing, honestly. If there is a thing, Remy's thought of it. Uh, or if I do realize that I did somehow miss something, I would correct that momentarily. Anyway, uh, back to cackle fever. Symptoms manifest 1d4 hours after infection and include fever and disorientation. The effect infected creature gains one level of exhaustion that can't be removed until the disease is cured. So that's actually a pretty awesome effect, honestly, because one level of exhaustion just gives disadvantage on all ability checks. So that makes sense. Like you're not feeling well, so you're you know not going to be as persuasive. You're not going to you know have a good initiative roll if you get into combat because disadvantage, like. You still might be able to just like swing your sword as well, but you know, doing tasks and saying things is gonna be not so easy. So having like a level of exhaustion just be in effect until cured, that's actually pretty cool mechanically. I, I, I honestly really like that. But then there's more. Any event that causes the infected creature great stress, including entering combat, taking damage, experiencing fear, or having a nightmare forces the creature to make a DC 13 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 1d10 psychic damage and becomes incapacitated with mad laughter for a minute, so 10 rounds of combat. However, the creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the mad laughter and the incapacitated condition on a success. So, a uh, quick refresher though, Nathan, what's incapacitated do? In incapacitates you. Yeah, 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 but mechanically. Uh, you're unable to move and you're prone. 
<laughs> well, no, you, no, you're not. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Incapacitated creature can't take actions or reactions. So they are unable to act during co- that combat encounter then, or just, you know, if you're out of combat. So that is awful because you're, you are incapacitated. However, you still need to make that saving throw every time you experience stress. So if someone keeps attacking you in combat, so keeps damaging you, well, fuck, then you might still keep taking that potential second damage if you fail those saving throws. So, yeah, that's pretty dangerous. So one thing that is honestly kind of interesting here, however, is that it is a DC 13, just a flat number con save. So because of the fact that, you know, theoretically, diseases are going to be like a natural thing for the most part, like it's not something that is based on like a DC from a person like it's so all natural diseases have like a relatively low DC. So just a 13 con save for this one in particular, which is honestly just kind of interesting to me because like, okay, so that means then that like a creature that has like a 16 constitution. So like a decent con adventurer has a literal 50, 50 shot on those saving throws, unless they're, you know, a class that gets to add their proficiency. So it's interesting, just like the math choices, but that's just me. Uh, Anyway, any humanoid creature that starts its turn within 10 feet of an infected creature in the throes of mad laughter must succeed on a DC 10 calm saving throw or also become infected. Once a creature succeeds on the save, immune to the mad laughter of that particular infected creature for 24 hours. Okay, so... A person who's just not stressed isn't able to pass on the infection. It is only while they are experiencing the mad laughter aspect that they become contagious. So that brings up another kind of interesting aspect of the idea of a disease, which is, well, actually two aspects, I suppose. Number one is just how damaging is the disease? And then also how contagious is it? Because both of those are very important factors to consider just for the sake of like the math and world building aspects of things. Because you might have like a horrifically fatal disease for those that catch it, but like, you know, mechanically speaking, only if you roll a one on the die is it actually transmit- transmissible or, you know, catchable if you do just like stumble across it somewhere. So those two factors are very important to think about. is just how dangerous and how transmissible. At the end of each long rest, a creature infected with cackle fever can make a DC 13 constitution saving throw. On a successful save, the DC for the save and for the save to avoid the attack of mad laughter drops by 1d6. When the saving throw Uh, dc drops to zero the creature recovers from the disease a creature that fails three of these saving throws gains a randomly determined form of indefinite madness well fuck madness is a bad thing so just to pull just a couple of examples from the indefinite madness chart being drunk keeps me sane 
Hey, it's Garf. Well, no, this next one is Garf. I am the smartest, wisest, strongest, fastest, and most beautiful person I know. No, but that's true. Uh, and of course the classic i've discovered that i really like killing people so yeah so yeah so there's some potential consequence however just i'm not a huge fan of just like that particular one just having madness be the effect but that's also just because i don't like just forcing a mental effect on a player character so anything that like changes a player character is just not something that i'm personally fond of but that's just my own bias so uh what we have learned then from this description of cackle fever you can choose what a disease affects Uh, uh so talking on more of just like implementation of homebrew angle this is so okay so if you want to just god damn it so just because you're you i'm just gonna give the obvious answer of like okay you know what if there's a disease that specifically targets tieflings because that's where you get into the more asshole no no that's wrong no that's that's not how the only one that doesn't affect are tieflings that way all the humans hate tieflings tieflings. even more yes (laughs) god damn it great I i knew it would be something like that but honestly like it is a relatively common trope in a lot of fantasy for like you know uh biological warfare to be just an aspect of things how much of so you know that can be just up to you as a dm but it is honestly something to consider like are there going to be just assholes in your world who would just like try to target you know specific either populations or specific races for just like magically created diseases like would your world have that potential like whether it is just like just a form of study trying to like protect from plague and like one gets loose or whether there just are some just really just evil assholes out there like that is a thing to be considered but anyway in terms of uh, diseases themselves so, yeah, like I said, uh, who is the target? But then, of course, what the effect is. Effects of diseases are honestly pretty cool in how most of them are written. Like, there is absolutely no mention in any book, for 5th edition at least, at least as far as I'm aware, again, there are still some adventures that I'm less familiar with. But uh, anyway... There is nothing about regular diseases. Like, they have all these, like, weird ones and magical ones and, you know, creatures that can inflict a disease. But, you know, what about my diabetes? What about cancer? Like, I know the obvious answer of D&D is a game where you don't want to talk about such things. However... I'm I'm just going to say it. Um, uh Uh-huh. Cancer and diabetes are, are fake. They don't exist. (laughs) fuck you but the weird thing to think like so there's a few different ways that you can interpret it either option number one which is to be honest the one that i myself have used which is okay if you have a high enough magic world those just don't exist anymore because 
centuries of populations having access to lesser restoration has just stamped out the genetic possibility for non-magical diseases. So there just isn't any of that shit in your D&D world. And that gives you a ready-made excuse of, oh, okay, this is why, you know, adventurers, we never waste time of, like, adventurers just, like, having a sick day, because there just is no, like, non-magical flu or sicknesses or illnesses or any of those kinds of things. And that is the way that I decided to go, because, again, centuries of lesser restoration being readily available. So they just evolutionarily just don't have it anymore. Or you can just, you know, go with the more likely answer of like the rules as written, just not wanting to get into that because of wanting D&D to just be a form of escapism. So you can either just make up your own rules or just just kind of hand wave it of just like it's not a concern to adventurers because like these are you know just the special people in your world and i just you know choose not to have non-magical illnesses be like a significant issue with them so i am just curious like what would your world building take be nathan i think that personally speaking i'm of the mind that normal diseases exist but generally speaking Characters themselves won't actually get to interact with them most of the time, except for maybe in the scenario where, okay, somebody's dying, um, and, well, they have uh, probably, like, some sometimes it's like, oh, it's uh, developed in such a way that uh, magic can't help, blah, blah, you know, that kind of bullshit. Um, or just been like, oh, it, it wasn't noticed, uh, quick enough and uh, to kill it would be to kill the person or something like that and uh, yeah you know that I, I, I th- personally think non-magical diseases should still be a thing even in a magical world or at the very least in my scenario yeah and I'll be honest like in any world that isn't like a high magic world like an argument could absolutely be made that that is the way to go. Like I would honestly support that for most dungeon masters that just don't have like as stupidly a high magic world as my own is. Like yeah, okay, sure, lesser restoration can cure a disease, but how many people in your world actually have that? So if you have like okay, yeah, there might be a couple hundred people that can cast lesser restoration. But maybe that doesn't really mean a whole lot if you have like a world population in the millions. So yeah, so okay, so you have it'd be like just in our world we have doctors. That doesn't mean that every person is able to get healthcare. It sucks, but I mean that is the situation our world is in. So basically, it really just gets summed up as your worlds may vary. But it is just something that I do suggest Dungeon Masters to think about of just like, what is just the status of really just healthcare in general in your world? Just are non-magical diseases a thing? Are magical diseases a thing? Like, or, and just what is available to be done to deal with them? 
because maybe like you do just have like a mid-level magic world and okay yeah like so diseases might exist your player characters might still get them and like that's okay but then the thing is players do have the out of they could just choose to like you know donate to a church to have a cleric you know to cast lesser restoration on them you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So then like it's if they just do just like have a bad role of catching a disease, then OK, it's a problem, but a relatively fixable one or it is like an, an actual bad problem, because if you do end up catching a disease just away from civilization and you don't have a player character that can cast lesser restoration, well, uh, that could be a bit of a problem then. So. If you're just like in a forest, you know, desert, like any wilderness really scenario, that could be a problem. So let's uh, go ahead and just move on from all that then. So Nathan, how would you like, what are the ways that you would prefer like to have a character catch a disease potentially? So how I think a character should catch a disease should often be... um obvious because adventurers tend to be quite um healthy people in general mm -hmm. and like sure um healthy people can get sick but isn't as it's not so fun to be like okay um guys uh this character is sick y'all gotta sit around for this episode i mean like sure it could be a fun thing to do but you gotta handle it correctly so how i would handle it make it obvious have someone who's coughing and they have like phlegm on their hand and they touch the player character with that dirty hand it's like oh no <laughs> remy's like oh no press the digitation oh yeah 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 was yeah it. it's like oh it's all sticky and green <laughs> oh he's paw he's palming at your coat <laughs> you are the worst <laughs> Ugh, yeah impossible. so that that's what i had i would I, I, i'd handle it so i would suggest a few other situations too like yes like person who is sick definitely a way to go but also just generally speaking like a disease would just be from something gross so 
one way that actually is just pretty common actually in DD is a monster there are All right, a see. lot of monsters that can inflict a disease on a character like i mean uh, just in the dungeon master's guide there like the next disease that gets listed is one called sewer plague and it even specifically mentions like this is the illness that you know rats and audiogs are able to inflict on a character so there are just very specific diseases <laughs> that get inflicted by monsters and that does take me back um so there was like this ran like I I have been stuck on it for the longest time right, but there was this one moment where Garth eats a rat. Yeah. <laughs> Raw. Did you make him roll a con save for that? I can't remember. I don't think so. <laughs> you should have. You should have. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> it was so disgusting as well. It was like a fucking tail was sticking to his teeth and stuff. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Like bits of meat. <laughs> so dirty. <laughs> There's like tufts of hair, fur. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, creatures can just have some kind of disease, whether that is just like inflicted on a bite or just like coming into contact with just something gross so like there are creatures that just are gross and like if you just touch a disease-ridden rat you might catch something from just touching it like so whether you do have a disease be like inflicted by bite or just you know a saving throw just if you touch the thing like that can be interesting to just make the choice of like okay can there be just multiple ways that something is just like able to just have this come into effect like another just option that could be is you know maybe a diseased creature could also like we were talking about with gorf if the creature is eaten because DD has a lot of weird creatures in them and uh, more than once at my table the question comes up like i wonder what that thing would taste like or like can we eat that thing and it's Especially if you have something like aberrations. Remy. Yes, Nathan. You may complain about how Riffwake's group is very weird, but we're weird in different ways. <laughs> uh-huh. We don't think about, oh, can we eat that thing? I mean, when was the last time we actually fought a monster? Because, like, I mean... Troll God is, you know, kind of humanoid-ish. So when was the last time we actually fought a creature? Uh, can't fucking remember. Shit. Uh, <laughs> did, did. Yeah. Or or like also we fight people a lot. So I yeah, mean, I would hope that we don't ask that. <laughs> Can we eat this? <laughs> looks, I'm I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This looks this looks tasty. I, I gotta say. <laughs> it's like oh. I mean, like, the last time we even really like talked about just like eating a thing was the christmas episode <laughs> and that was horses i do have to say that was amazing <sighs> uh, listen to riffway christmas 2020 anyway uh yeah so catching a disease so creature but there could also just be like the party stumbles across just a disease-ridden corpse you know, and 
again, you may describe that like, oh, maybe it does have these like just like disgusting like pustules and rot and just like describe this terrible thing. But then but they have something shiny and oh boy, there is no better descriptor to get a party to act than any variation of they have something shiny. Because even though adventurers like can be particularly smart individuals, they can be real distracted from good planning by something shiny. So if you just say like, oh, you know, you they like you notice like that their you know shirt has been just like ripped open for some reason, but like you just notice like the gleam of something shiny just like tucked into their waistband, and like they're trying to you know hide some I don't know silvered dagger or something just under their clothes, but oh that's a weird thing, and then it turns out like oh shit you know this guy was killed by a werewolf oh fuck. And, you know, to hint, like, oh, okay, so there might be werewolves in the area. And just, like, to kind of treat lycanthropy just, like, as that type of disease. And honestly, like, lycanthropy is a fascinating subject to me. So at some point, we're probably just gonna just talk about that as its own episode also. So I'm not gonna go too much into that at this point in time. (sighs) Shame, though. They're fun. Anyway, let's see. Um... Okay, so we mentioned the those, but then we do also have the magical diseases. So what are some ways that you might catch a magical disease? Uh, somebody casts it on you? Maybe. Like, honestly, this is the one where dungeon masters can go just, fuck it, why not? And just kind of go nuts with it. Like... One thing that, honestly, I think would be kind of neat, imagine if you have, like, instead of, like, a rotting kind of disease, like, rot is the one that most people go with when it comes to diseases, but magic, so fuck it, why not? What if there was, like, a burning disease, where, like, every day, you just, your body temperature just starts rising and rising and rising, but, like humans in our world die very very fast from any increase in temperature very very quickly in a DD world that may not be the case so imagine if you just start literally burning to the point then that like someone who's sick with this disease if they just touch another person might be able to like inflict a burn that might also pass along the disease remy uh-huh. i just thought of the best best disease uh-huh uh, it's basically a disease that whenever any sort of healing is done to you, um, it does heal, but it's all fucked up. Okay, just so like basic- tumors and healing wrong kind of thing? Yeah, basically. So, like... That suck. <laughs> and, like, honestly, that's one of the fun aspects of disease is that, like, you can just, like... You can just go nuts with it and just be awful like okay just to even build on the fire disease from before so maybe even you just go in a kind of different direction and just like okay like they have a few you know few days con saving throws like as their temperature goes up but then like they die in a spontaneous combustion and then it's just any creature within like a 20 foot uh, radiant. Like you basically just like have them explode in a literal fireball, like 
you know, capital F fireball the spell. And it's just like any creature that like, you know, fails a saving throw in that radius also may then be inflicted with this disease. And then you just could have like a city or a small town that just has people fucking randomly exploding. And it's just like, well, that sucks. And honestly, from, you know, my perspective as the dungeon master, that's kind of fun. Can you imagine? It's like the quest giver is like, so, um, there's kind of a situation in this town and there's like, there's like screaming behind and everyone turns around and then uh, this guy is like scratching at his arms and he's screaming and then it's like all red and puffy. And then suddenly he just explodes and it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. That would be problematic. But, like, the point I want to make, though, is that especially when you do have magical diseases, like, you don't need to just limit yourself by what is possible in our world. On the other hand, of course, our world is fucking terrifying. So if you wanted to, you could just go and learn about just terrible real-life things that exist to just incorporate into D&D. So, you know, as one example, there are foul-smelling things in the real world. So in D&D, you could absolutely just make up a disease that, like, basically gives a character the stench trait that some <laughs> wait, monsters wait, wait. have. I just thought of an amazing disease. I call it Creaky Bone. <laughs> 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 it makes your bones incredibly creaky noise sounding. <laughs> so, like, um, let's say you're in a desert, right? <laughs> Everyone for miles will be able to hear your creaky bones. <laughs> Fireball. But anyway, yeah, just either use things from the real world, use creatures that just have like a trait that you might be able to just like incorporate as a disease like there are just so many things out there like uh like also you know i mentioned a moment ago the audiog so that is an aberration creature that is really just worth the google because boy is that something it's just uh man I, I just love me some aberrations but its bite attack, you know, requires a con save or else, you know, they catch the disease and become poisoned. But then every 24 hours, they just have to roll the saving throw and its hit point maximum decreases by a d10 if they fail. So on the bright side, it only takes a single successful save to be cured. However, if it keeps failing then if the target's hit point maximum becomes zero, they die. And as they have the disease, they just keep just getting lower and lower and lower. So even though an adventurer losing 1d10 hit points, not a huge deal, but low levels, you know, or just commoners in general, like you can easily have like a let's say you know second or third level character even that just didn't roll well on their hit dice when they level up so they might still have like let's just say 20 hit points like that's a reasonable number actually 
However, if they have this disease for three days, that's rolling three d10. So three poor saving throws can kill a lower level character still. So is it possible that they might get, you know, a lesser restoration? Maybe if they're not still level two, like, or if they're able to just, you know, get a cleric or some other, you know, person who can cast the spell. But especially at low levels, like, don't underestimate how dangerous a disease can be because a lot of the bias against 5th edition diseases is the fact that there's really none that are significant to, you know, higher level characters. But, I mean, we've talked at length in the past about just how out of balance a lot of high level 5th edition is, so I'm not going to worry too much about that right now. But it is just worth mentioning that at low levels, though, it really should not be underestimated because, you know, I mean, just sticking with the audio example, this thing has a 15 as the DC for the con save. So if you have, you know, a squishy wizard kind of character, they might not have any point. Like, let's just say they even have decent for a wizard constitution of 12. Okay, cool. So that would mean then that they have a plus one on their saving throw. So they would have to roll a 14 or higher on the die, which is really not the best odds. On the bright side, again, with this particular one, they only need to save once to get better. But there is definitely a possibility that they just don't roll that well and that character may well die. Yay. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, there is also one very important detail here that is also mentioned in the Dungeon Master's Guide, but uh, I need to be sure to put it out there. When they start talking about the sample diseases, there is the following sentence. Feel free to alter the saving throw DCs, incubation times, symptoms, and other characteristics of these diseases to suit your campaign. So even though the assumed rule should always be that you can change things to suit your game, they reiterate that here to make damn sure that you are able to realize you can change these numbers if you want a disease to be a lot more dangerous but harder to catch you can do that if you want something to be very infectious but only mildly irritating you can also do that you can even just let there be different strains of a disease out there in the world unfortunately that's something we are very very quickly learning right now in february 2021 but in D&D, that is something that you can consider. But whatever suits your world. So I am just kind of curious, just Nathan, like what would you prefer just for the sake of Riftwake to be like the just status of magical disease? It's like, how dangerous do you think in Riftwake a magical disease would be? You know me. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really would like magical diseases to be something that 
you will need to travel very, very far to find someone who would be able to actually figure out what's going on with it, and much further to figure out, like, to actually fix it, and go to, like, long lengths to actually fix it. Right. So, also, just one other fact that does very much bear repeating, disease is a massively vague term by Dungeons and Dragons standards. So, it is absolutely possible and encouraged even to just have there be many different varieties. Like, do you need to have just like a massive list of diseases? No, I don't even go that far. I just never, well, okay, I do have a list, but it's not that long for my standards. Anyway. It's just like, it's three pages long. It's like, oh, it's not that long. <laughs> three pages, dude. It's like, that's nothing. It's like, oh, no. It's like half a page. <laughs> just so to have multiple disease, like, just to have, just to think, like, okay, what are just, like, the inconvenient diseases? Like, you know, what are the ones that the world is just used to? And what are, like, the ones that might actually be dangerous? Because, again, disease can mean, you know, something, you know, transmissible and catchable, but it could also just be, like, a genetic issue that, you know, someone has, you know, like, again, diabetes or cancer. So whether that you do want to make up your own rules for something like that, or just, oh, like, God make forbid. up magical <laughs> other illnesses. and cancer. <laughs> yeah, it's both. It's just super death. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. It's like, oh, okay. Oh man, like actually there's a thought though, like magical cancer would be fucking terrifying because if you consider the fact that like regeneration magic does exist, then yeah, because there are some forms of fiction that do take the side that, okay, if a person with cancer gets regeneration, bad things happen. Like just watch the movie Deadpool for an example of that one. But that's something that you could incorporate into, like, D&D is the fact that just, like, yeah, certain things just really don't interact well. So, like, you were talking specifically for healing magic. You could absolutely do that, which is also interesting because that's something that may just not even make itself known particularly quickly. Because, again, you can choose the incubation times of these diseases of any disease in D&D. So you could make the choice that like okay, like there is a month in game that will pass before you know this actually happens. So technically speaking, like at any time, you know, between infection and that month, like the person may not know that they, you know, failed the saving throw for whatever effect. So you could then just have that be just way later on. So it might even be that just like maybe the character who got it just doesn't need healing often. Maybe they are just like a wizard who just usually stands in the back so doesn't get hit often. So it could be a really significant amount of time even before it comes up in game that, you know, this disease might have this particular trigger. But even besides just the idea of like, you know, damage and, you know, just terrible things, you can also just let there be more mild results as well. So maybe it's the, just like a more mild disease is just like, 
you know, winter's chill, where it's just the character just feels cold all the time. Like it doesn't have like cold damage or anything like that. They just feel physically cold and it could just be narrative for the most part. But they, you know, depending on like severity or saving or just whatever you decide on, maybe they're just like vulnerable, you know, to cold damage just while they have this disease. So something that requires like very specific circumstances to be mechanically penalizing, but just inconvenient most of the time. You can massively just vary the effects of diseases in your campaign, but it really is a subject that just can prompt a lot of creative thinking on the part of a dungeon master to create interesting mechanical effects in their Dungeons & Dragons world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.